When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Penn State, Ohio State Week. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. We're going to try and do something ambitious today because it is one of the biggest weeks, the biggest week, not one of the biggest week on the Penn State football calendar. We're going to attempt to do three shows in one today. Uh, Ryan Snyder and Sean Fitz are here on the show talking to you about Penn State football recruiting, but there is so much going on. Jalen Harvey makes his announcement tonight. Uh, we're going to recap the game from UMass and Penn State because we can't just ignore a game on the schedule. We'll talk about what happened and how that sets up for Penn State and Ohio State. We're going to be playing true or false at the end of the show, and we're asking you for your true or false statements about Penn State and Ohio State. That's coming up at the end of the show. So put those into the, the run and put those into the uh, the chat as we go through, and we'll run those down at the end of the show. Um, gentlemen. I'm off to a hot start talking about 16 different things. Appreciate you being on here. Ryan, give us uh, the good stuff here. A big picture, high-level look at Jalen Harvey before we dive into the details here in just a minute. One of Penn State's most important recruits certainly still out there, right, uh, Sean? I mean, you can make a case maybe for a, a different position or two. I think wide receiver would probably be the other position I think fans really really would uh, you know like to see a big quality addition. But, uh, I mean, this is a player that Penn State has been on for well over a year now, probably going on two years. And, uh, boy, there's been plenty of ups and downs and, and <laughs> loop-de-loops and whatever else you want to call it uh, on the way to, to this October 16th uh, commitment date. So, uh, yeah, man, I mean, we're talking about a four-star prospect here, somebody who's probably been ranked, uh, I would say, probably around – I don't know, but top five, top six for for Deion Barnes and, and his board throughout the year. And uh, here we go. It's a USC, Penn State, Maryland. And I think for the most part, we've all been expecting it to be a Penn State-USC battle. I think it's going to be the Nittany Lions, Sean. We're holding we're holding firm with our predictions here. But uh, this is one to truly tune in for, though. I mean, it's it, there's 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 OK, let's be real. Like there's plenty of commitments out there that like we pretty much know exactly what's going on. I can't say I know 100 percent what's going on today. And that doesn't happen very often in 2023. Yeah, Fitz, uh, what are your thoughts on what's coming up tonight? Yeah, I think Ryan nailed it. I mean, this one has been a roller coaster, no doubt. I mean, we we expected this one to be in the bag, what, last fall and then it, over the winter and then after the official visit, actually maybe maybe in the spring as well. So like four or five times, we've, we've had pretty good indications that we thought Penn State was going to get him. And then it just keeps going. And now to his credit, at the outset of his recruitment, he said he wanted to take his visits, go the distance and everything like that. I mean, he's, he's taken a couple unofficials this fall, um, including coming up for the whiteout in late September, which was, I think was a big visit for him. Um, so he's stuck to his original plan. Um, it's just, there've been pit stops along the way. I think he had a, I think he had a June date and then a July 4th and then, you know, September, uh, 
whatever. But that's how everyone everyone handles the recruitment differently. I know it's been uh, I want to say fr- I don't know, you can say a frustrating one, but it's been it's been a roller coaster for Penn State fans to follow this. But that does not mean that Penn State wants him any less. Like this is a guy that they identified very early as a top target as a defensive lineman and as a six two defense as a six two defensive end. You got to yeah. be. You got to have some special traits if you're going to be a 6'2, 245 pound defensive end coming into the Big Ten. And they think he has that. They think he's got a lead get off. They think there's a lot of a lot about his game that lends well to what Chop Robinson does. You know, just I know that the, he came from the same school at Quince Orchard. Um, so the, the natural comparisons are there. But like as a player, like he tries to do some of the same things as well. So it'd be very interesting to watch this battle come down to the end. Again, I think it's Penn State and USC. Um, I, I think. I think Penn State feels good about where they stand, but at the same time, it's like watching this recruitment from start to finish. You're like, eh, you expect the unexpected, and and even after the decision happens, you know, push to December is is going to be something that we watch here as well. So, um, coming up tonight, six forty five is the uh, is the announcement at his school. Um, I assume it'll be streamed on Instagram, streamed somewhere. Um, I don't think it's one of the official streams uh, that's coming out, but uh, yeah, Jalen Harvey, the saga ends question mark tonight (laughs) i've said i was thinking about it this morning uh it's like season four of a sitcom where the will they won't they has gone on for three straight seasons and now something's actually going to happen and then it could all fall apart later depending on what the uh, show writers want uh so we'll see what happens tonight and we'll get into the we'll get into some of the nitty-gritty here in just a moment but there's some big news because of the big game we mentioned ohio state coming up this weekend so we got another big game special if you have not signed up for bluewhiteillustrated.com this is now the time the biggest game of the season is coming up this weekend so you can get 50 percent off your first year at the site new subscribers can join us for just like 50 bucks you can waste 50 bucks on a bunch of stuff or you can spend it on your passion your hobby the thing that you inject directly into your veins every saturday you can get that seven days a week 365 days a year you can have conversations with us sometimes that's good sometimes that's bad <laughs> on the message board uh but all of that is is to available to you for half off right now over at the site and we're going to be pushing that all week long letting you know reminding you heading up to the big game this weekend between penn state and ohio state to join us and get the inside information on these things like recruiting uh, guys, another thing that I always fail to mention, we have an app, Fitz. Tell, tell the people about our app and what they can get with the On3 app. The app is something that's been in development at, at, you know, everywhere I've been for years. People have asked, when, when are you going to do an app, whether it's 24-7, whether it's here, whatever. Um, we have an app now. It is something that we have sunk a lot of resources into developing. And I will say it's still a work in progress. Like There's still things that we um, are going to end up doing better and sort of I don't want to say blowing it up because that gives a neg- negative connotation, but like this is this is how you know a lot of people want to follow their team, specifically Penn State here. So we've put a lot into that app. Um, you can go through our, you can go to the message boards on it. You get uh, push notifications, which is very big for a lot of people. I know that. Um, so it is the way to follow Penn State football. Like this is the way to follow Blue Illustrated, which is the way to follow Penn State football. So I do suggest you checking out the app on the On3 app. Go to the App Store, uh, put in On3 app, and uh, keep that thing updated because I know we're putting out regular fixes, regular updates, and and patches and things like that to make this thing better. It's uh, an awesome 
step forward for covering uh, your favorite team and understanding, getting all the information, making sure that it's streamlined the easiest thing for you to use. And it's something that I should have been talking about every single show since it came out because it is super helpful for fans. Last thing that we'll get to before we get to Jalen Harvey is, of course, our show sponsor today, and that is My Perfect Franchise. Andy Ludicky, a longtime now sponsor of the BWI Live Show. If you want to take control of your life, you want to get control of your future. Uh, maybe you're a displaced corporate executive wanting to put your career in your own hands. Andy Ludicky at MyPerfectFranchise.net is here to help. He is a franchise consultant. His uh, services are 100% free, and he will find you a path forward to your better future. He can help others find their American dream through a very thorough consultation and evaluation process. And he's always staying up on a bunch of different trends within the business industry. So you want to buy into a brick and mortar? He knows how to do that. He's had uh, extensive experience placing guy, play, people in brick and mortars. Also, and by the way, that means a physical store. If you want maybe something a little more hands-off, that's something really big right now. Home improvement is massive with house prices being crazy and interest rates being high. Nobody's moving. So everyone's sinking money into their house. Maybe you have experience with contract work, renovations, things like that. Maybe you, it's time to strike out on your own. Andy can help you. 404-973-9901 or Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Thanks again to Andy. You can check him out on the Blue White Illustrated message board as well. He's always happy to talk to people. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today is decision day for Jalen Harvey. So let's get into some of the more specific details uh, about what's coming up tonight. Um, guys, I, I know that a lot of this stuff we've been following over at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Just your general feel on Penn State's chances with the three-team decision. Feels like a two-horse race right now. Fitz, how are you feeling about where this is leaning at the moment? I, I really should have run there, led, <laughs> read the rundown a little bit closer because I just yeah I thought we just did Jalen Hardy I got nothing to say T Frank that's my bad um, <laughs> we got some we got some more things I want to talk about him as a football player here but yeah we covered a lot of this earlier in the rundown it, it's like his uh, his recruitment you know it just kind of circles back around and you can just cover the same thing uh, again and again anyway uh, Penn State USC Maryland's there as well and I know everybody wants to say that Mike Loxley is playing one of his puppet strings, what he did with Jay Sean Barham and, and Andre Roy. I don't think that's the case here, um, but uh, it's uh, you, you have to be always have to be wary of Maryland, especially for a, a local kid there. Um, he's gone out to USC a couple of times. Um, he went to Penn State for his official visit at the beginning of June and then canceled all of his official visits because he wanted to make an announcement to to you know, put them together. What do you got? Um, and then came back and said, well, OK, well, I'm going to take these visits. And I, it's, it's been I mean, that that is something that's been popping up a couple of times in this recruitment is like you think he's done and then all of a sudden goes home, talks to whomever and 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 he's not. So I think that that's been something to watch here. Now it seems like there's some finality to this. Um, and again, every kid should make his decision on, on his own terms. Like, let's not forget that. I know it's good for business when we get, you know, certain times and everything like that. But like every kid should make the biggest decision of their lives. 
when they're ready to make it. And I think that that's where we're at here uh, with Jalen Harvey finally in October. Um, he, he went to USC, really enjoyed USC. I thought USC grabbed a bit, a bit of momentum. He went out there this summer and, and like coming back, like it, it felt like that, you know, they were legitimately in it. And I still think they're legitimately in it. And I think, how do, how do I say this? I think Penn State has felt good for 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 certain reasons, and I think USC may feel good for the similar reasons. Like the, like he's he's very uh, upfront about. Well, I don't know if upfront's the word I want to say, but he's very um, out there in his feelings at the time. So I think you know he is very. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm I'm not trying to code this, like, but I'm <laughs> trying to say it in a way that's like not uh, not hammer meat nail either so i apologize for me stumbling over this but uh yeah but i think both both programs have found a reason to feel good for a reason you know if that makes sense yeah um came back to the whiteout game i think that was a big one like distance is what it is like penn state's right here usc's across the country i mean that's those are logical facts that you have to deal with so like him coming back to the whiteout game seeing the atmosphere and then going straight home from that instead of having to catch a flight, I think that's a big deal. We don't talk about that very much is when, you know, kids have to get back from an official visit and they have to do layovers and all this kind of stuff. And not that you need to lay over from uh, LAX to wherever he's going in, in the D.C. area. But like, you know, that those things are things that pop up at the end, like how much your parents have to travel to watch the games, how much your you know, the people around you, your family, your high school coach and all those all those guys having those people three hours, three and a half hours from home is a big deal. And I think that that's something that really, as we get closer to a decision, and this is not just Harvey, this is everybody. As we get closer to a decision, those things pop up and are more prevalent than, than we originally thought. So I think Penn state has a lot of things going for it in this situation. And on top of it, like just the, the surface level defense here, Penn state's got maybe the best defense in the country led by its defensive ends. USC does not like USC's, trying to build a defense and you can spin that like you can make them him the missing piece which i think they're doing with a lot of guys and you know Alex a lot Grinch of missing pieces yeah a lot of missing pieces there there are plenty i tell you what there's a, there's a lot of legos that go into that thing like it's uh <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of missing pieces to deal with so maybe that's maybe the how that's how the spin is going but like if you're a defensive prospect looking at penn state looking at usc you're looking at very different things right now so uh, i think that those there's just a, a whole lot going for penn state in this one right now and uh you can't ever say never, especially with the way this recruitment has gone. But like, I think Penn State's done what they needed to do to get this one across the line. Uh, Ryan, I, I have up here the Penn State class of 2024, the committed players, and I've highlighted the, the defensive line and uh, who you see on screen if you're watching here on YouTube. T.A. Cunningham, DeAndre Cook listed as defensive linemen, edge players Xavier Gilliam and Malachi Williams, although Gilliam, 6'2 260 pounds, kind of a tweener. We have, uh, of course, uh, that you don't see on the screen, uh, screen, Liam Andrews, also a bit of a tweener in his big physical athletic, could play edge, could play defensive end. A lot of guys have that versatility. Then you sit, you, you look at a guy like Harvey, who is 6'2", 240 pounds. How does he fit in this class? And is this a, I don't want to say it's a, uh, is it a good or bad fit, but like how, how do you label these guys or put these guys in your mind when you're looking at the class and how all of these, if he were to join where he fits within this group. I mean, I certainly look at him as an edge for now, but in two years, I mean, at 245, he could, he could hit the 265 mark and it's, it's possible. And we'll see where things go. I mean, Sean, you were talking about it on the message board the other day, right? Like I, I think that it's possible, but like they definitely want him to be an edge. And then when you look at this class, uh, I, I mean, cutting him, 
obviously he hasn't really played much in two years. Let's see what kind of what happens there with him long term. You know, Liam, I certainly expect to be a defensive tackle. Certainly expect DeAndre Cook um, to. Well, I'd be curious with Cook growing growing long term, but then and then Gilliam too. So they 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 need edges. They they really. I think that's an important uh, position that they need to get one more guy across the line. And, and I expect Harvey to, to be an edge for them, but uh, yeah, he certainly has some tweener ish uh, traits to him. I, I guess you could, you could put it that way, but I, at 265, I mean, even, even if he gets up to 260, he could still potentially play edge. I mean, he, I, he has, he's great movement. I think. Yeah. I Go think ahead. that the movement skills are, are what does it for him. Like he's yeah. very quick off the get off. And it's interesting because he's 6'2". We had a question on the board last week. Is like, is he a linebacker? No, he's. I think he's closer to a defensive tackle than he is a def, a, than to a linebacker. If you're going to go yeah. on that scale, going one way or the other, um, but yeah, he's got he's got a lot of uh, natural athleticism, natural pop. Um, one of those guys that you could put in the middle of the line in situations. Um, I, I don't think yeah. they're going to need him necessarily early, but like you can put him in the in those situations and he can rush the passer from the middle of the line. Uh, good football player, uh, good stats and, and things like that. Productive guy. Um, just a, you know, a little, little short, but you look, you look at him and Malachi Williams. I mean, these were two, I don't want to call them one A and one B cause I don't have the, uh, offer list open right now to see who, you know, potentially like the top, top guy would have been. Um, but right. these were two guys from the start, uh, from January that Dion Barnes really focused on. And, uh, you know, if they can get him across the line, that's a that's a pretty good haul. They got that that class last uh, last cycle with Jameel Lyons, who they think is going to be really good. Um, Mupoy and, and Robinson are still guys that are going to have to take some time to develop. I think Robinson's done some nice things uh, so far, but like just continue to get pass rushers. I mean, like yeah. that's the, this game is not as difficult when you can get to the quarterback, and that's something we're going to talk about with Penn State, Ohio State coming up. Um, but, uh, yeah, when you can get to the pass, when you get to the passer, it changes everything for the rest of your defense. And, and Harvey's one of those guys. He can get to the passer. Uh, one of the things, and if you checked out, uh, the YouTube channel, maybe if you're listening on the podcast, go and check out the, I cut together his updated highlights from this fall. And I love what, what I've seen from him on film and that versatility. And that's kind of why I asked that and bring that up because kind of like denied Dennis Sutton in high school, he plays a lot on the interior in the Quince Orchard front. He's sometimes playing three technique. He's sometimes playing outside and he looks good doing both of those, not just from I'm bigger and stronger, I'm a D1 athlete against high school players, but his technique is good. And you mentioned quickness off the ball, his ability to body through guys in the gap. I think, you know, you scale him up, he's an athletic three technique. You keep him the way he is, and he's a guy that can uh, play on the edge and has the quickness in the hands and, you know, maybe doesn't have the the overall frame uh, but good length on his uh, th that versatility to me, I just think is really interesting. And, and Fitz, you did bring something up of he doesn't have to play early, but do you think he could? You know, the physical size of him and kind of we talked about Liam Andrews in the same way of naturally big for a defensive end, so he doesn't have to put on weight to get close to that threshold to get on the field. I, I don't think it's a situation where it would be about putting on weight and stuff like that. I think. When you are smaller, when you're shorter, when you're 6'2", like you are closer to where you're going to end up as a player just because you have grown into your body. You, yeah. you know, he's not Joseph McBoy. He's not a guy that's going to take a couple of years to develop and figure out what he is. Um, but I, I think he's a guy that could play early if he needed. I don't think they're going to need him, but I, if he does go to Penn State, but he could play early if he's needed because he's he's already he already knows what it's like to play at 6'2", 250. I mean, it's kind of... Uh, if you think back in the Penn State lore, um, Sean Stanley is a guy that was kind of similar in that he was a shorter guy, about maybe about six, maybe six two, um, probably about six one, 
Um, but he came in at 240, 245 pounds. And, you know, he played fairly early because he was a productive guy at that size and he didn't have to learn as much. He didn't have to learn how to play at a different size. Like, um, you know, Malachi Williams is going to come in at six, three shade over six, three, two twenty, but he's not going to play at two twenty. He's going to play at two fifty, whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, Harvey has already gotten to that point. And I think when you're shorter, you have that ability to do so. It's just, a, he's a fascinating football player because he's good. Like he's a good football player. He's obviously worth all of uh, the waiting and patience. We, and that's the thing. Like we, we've with all the quote unquote drama, which really hasn't been like, he hasn't been out there doing interviews and all that kind of stuff. Like with all that going on, people have just gotten tired of it, I yeah. think. And then they're going to yeah. rationalize that he's not a good player because of it. And I think Harvey's a really good player. And, and some people have lost sight of that and guilty at times as well, you know, just kind of like, okay, well, they're waiting for a six, two defensive end, but at the same time, this kid's really good football player. So we'll real quick. Let me, let me ask sure. you real quick, uh, Sean, you were bringing up earlier, like guys that rated ahead of him or rank, you know, how we read Penn state's board. Like the only guy I can think that really ranked ahead of him and, and Malachi was Dylan Stewart, who, you know, obviously ended up going to South Carolina and all that. But I, mean, I, I think just to stress, like he and Malachi were probably top four, top five on Penn state's board. The entire year maybe i'm sure there's probably some kid in texas or florida that never visited that dion had way up there but right uh, yeah but i mean, yeah, I, mean I think the smith guys, uh but. the smith the smith twins when they were in connecticut were way up there but That's true. like when i talked to people actually when i talked to people last november probably um he was the first one like he was the first one out of the mouth like jalen mm -hmm. harvey was Jacob. like hey this kid has elite traits oh, of jalen. Got yeah, it. sorry, sorry, Jalen. Um, yeah. this kid has elite traits that we've seen in guys like Chop, and we want guys like Chop, and that's a pretty good blueprint to go with. It absolutely is. Well, I, I, it's been fun watching Chop Robinson play football. So if if there's if there's another Chop Robinson on on the horizon, they I'll just sign get up for more of now. those. Yeah, that's what you're saying. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so let's move on to uh, what happened this weekend. I know it probably wasn't an extensive list, but it was a bit of a work ahead for Penn State football on players visiting for the UMass game. Ryan did a great job of highlighting who was and wasn't there. You can go get that information, the full thing, over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com and. It's again, sign up right now for 50% off. If you haven't done it yet, it's it, you, you've waited for the right opportunity, but I just want to highlight a couple of players, Ryan, uh, that visited this weekend, uh, mm -hmm. whichever ones you find interesting. I had a couple on the rundown, but pick your favorites. Just one or two guys that you thought were the most notable or interesting players for Penn state that attended the UMass game. Well, for I mean, the most interesting one to me is probably not to anybody else, but it was Josiah Brown because I was just hearing on Friday that he had a somewhat of a serious injury and then he is able to make it to Penn State, uh, be in attendance yesterday. So we got to see what his situation is. He is yet to go to the doctor, um, you know, but he was on crutches on Friday night. I'm not sure if he was on crutches at the game or not. I didn't see him uh, down there, but uh, but just the fact that he made it to Penn State after an injury the night before it sounds like a good sign. But you know, let, let's see where things go. I mean, it's, when you when you look at you know the actual uncommitted guys uh, who were there, it was pretty 2026 heavy. I think I think Elias Cook is probably the one that Penn State fans know the best. Harrisburg wide receiver, 2026 kid. You know, six two already. Yeah. yeah. Pushing, um, you know, pushing, I think he's pushing 20 offers already, uh, which certainly stands out a little bit. But, uh, you know, other than that, Damari Clemens, athlete, you know, out of, out of Buffalo, 
Uh, Zayda McDonald, too, uh, is, I believe, Omari Gaines' teammate at Shabazz. I don't have it in front of me, but I think he's Omari's teammate. And then uh, Gregory Maddox, too, offensive tackle, who was Chimney Onu's teammate uh, at Dundalk last year. So it was pretty much a 2026 heavy group as far as like uncommitted players to know there are a couple 2027 guys that were there too uh we'll we'll get about we'll we'll talk about them in in the next year or two but um you know for the most part i think those were kind of the names to know i mean i am intrigued in this cedric works kid the 6'5 225 edge uh out of dayton ohio doesn't hold a penn state offer yet uh but you know pretty good film putting up some pretty good stats seems like somebody that dion is is fairly intrigued with so uh, I think he's another name for fans to know. Doesn't hold an offer yet, but uh, Cedric works. Remember the name. Uh, that you can check out more information as uh, Ryan gets it. He's going to get reactions from people. And also, Ryan, um, we're going to get through Pensa UMass, but give a preview of what's coming up today because there's some more news dropping at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Yeah, we got the ratings today, which is why I got to jump out of here in a little bit because I got to get those up before 12 o'clock. Uh, but yeah, uh, on three is updating. It's on 300 today uh, for the class of 2025, which I think is only the second uh, go around for this. So this is this is the big one. This is this is in some ways the biggest of the 2025 uh, or the biggest of the of the on 300s, because this sets the the table until we get to camps next year. Right. right. Um, and, you know, you, you do the first one or Charles does the first one. And there's a lot there's gonna be a lot of movement compared to what it was originally. This one, you know, when we're halfway through the season, you know, junior year now, like yeah. this is in my eyes, like this is going to be the one that, you know, really guys kind of stick in it uh, now moving forward. Then we'll get to camp and things will get switched up a little bit. But in a lot of ways, this is the most important of the updates because this is. In some ways, not the first one, but the first one, if that makes sense. First, anyway. the first one that has like meaningful, substantial game film behind it, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they sophomore film, yeah, but like that jump from sophomore to junior year yes. is massive. Like that's yeah. the most important thing. And we've got six, seven games now uh, for a lot of these guys. So, you know, this I, I don't think I don't think you'll you'll see a lot of turnover today, and then yeah, you'll see turnover in the years or in the months ahead, but um, not as much as what we're going to see today. So check that out, bluewhiteillustrated.com, coming up in just a little bit. Um, Ryan is going to get going, but before we do that, I want to get to Penn State versus UMass, the recap of the game, what we saw, what we thought was interesting, and how it all sets up for Penn State, Ohio State, coming up this weekend. Once again, we're playing true or false here, uh, and probably in about 10 minutes. This will be about a 10-minute conversation. So get your questions in for uh that later because i'm relying on you what you want to know i've got all my thoughts i didn't put them in the rundown so we got a bit of a high wire act and i'm trusting you guys in the chat to have some <laughs> meaningful substantial interesting questions about penn state umass coming uh, penn state ohio state coming up in just a little bit but let's get to umass <laughs> fits i always do this where i ignore the obvious thing because it's obvious and everyone saw it but we should talk about daquan hardy to start out I'm assuming when James Franklin takes the stage, uh, the podium Tuesday, Daquan Hardy is going to be uh, at least an MVP of one phase of the game. How did you see his breakout performance, and did you see that coming from him as a punt returner? It, well, first off, his his performance overall has been building for a while. He's been playing extremely well, like yeah. extremely well. And, uh, you know, we kind of focus on, obviously, Kalen King, but Johnny Dixon's been playing well, uh, Hardy played well the last couple of weeks cam miller played with so those corners are, are doing some work right now granted it's a whole new beast this weekend with ohio yeah. state's receivers so you know put that in one pile put put that in the other pile and that's where we're at as a punt returner i love daquan hardy's punt returner coming out and then last year he came out and re re 
uh, returned two kicks, including one against Ohio State, and he fumbled the second one. And it's mm-hmm. like, how, how are you going to do that with with the opportunity? You know, just we we've seen over the years that he is a dynamic athlete. You know, despite the size and everything like that. But at the same time, when you get your opportunity, you got to make the most of it. He did not. Um, so this year you're coming into it. Penn State's not getting a lot out of the punt return game. Caden Saunders, um, whether you want to talk about his returns and he had a, he had a really nice one on Saturday as well. But uh, to me, it's the decisiveness. Like Daquan Hardy was on another level in terms of fielding the ball. Like, uh, now granted he's got to catch the ball a little bit cleaner, but at the same time he's going up, he's making the fair catches. He's making the snap decisions that you have to make and he's doing it sort of at full speed, which is uh, which is something there. So he can be a guy in a game like this when you need the little things to go your way. We've seen how important special team, like one special team's play can throw an entire game, especially in this series. Like he can be a guy that is a game changer for you. And that's what Penn State's going to look for. And and to get it from one of your guys, and no disrespect to, to Daquan here, to get it from one of your guys that's not a star, like to, that's not Kalen King or that's not, Suppose you know the the guys that they have that are these top level game breakers, to get that from one of those level guys is is invaluable. So um, so yes, I think you could start to see it coming. He's just a, such a natural for this game, and I know he's had some rough patches because nickel corners are going to have rough patches. Like yeah, it's very very hard to play nickel. He's played. I mean, corner is the hardest position to play, I think, and nickel corner might yeah. be than that sometimes. So um, there you're going to have issues where you're going to have guys getting beat, etc. But Hardy has not been there this year. He's been building up to this, and he was absolutely awesome and electric, and you really needed something out of that unit. And and I think they found it, and I think you have to go that direction. James Franklin said afterwards he thinks he's won a job or whatever it may be. They're going to keep practicing about it, but uh, you can't say enough about how good Hardy was on Saturday. Uh, the, one of the things that stood out to me, and I didn't realize it until after the game, um, Ryan, five targets. <laughs> they were clearly going after. They they did not want to target Kalen King. Mm-hmm. I, I just I, I have a hard time thinking. You watched the film and thought, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna put our best receiver on their most productive corner this year, and that's gonna work. Um, just in general, from from the defense from Hardy, what were your observations of his his play? And well, you know, I, overall, one thing with Hardy too, I don't. I'm not sure how many tackles he had this week but since he's been back like i feel like he's tackling really well and we're talking about slot nickel right you're going against shifty guys you're pretty much always from behind like it's it's one of the more difficult positions to make solo tackles from i think and that's been what's really kind of impressed me with him so far i think he only has one missed tackle in the year um from when i was reading uh up, up on some advanced stats a couple weeks ago but i mean the defense as a whole they're fantastic, right? I mean, I don't know how you cannot be excited about what Penn State's doing right now. Back-to-back shutouts. Sean, what was the stat you had the other day? It was like they haven't allowed a point at home in what, 11 quarters, 11 quarters. something like that? 11 yeah, quarters geez. without a single point, which is – not even a field goal. It's Delaware and UMass, and I get that, and Iowa, of course. Um, but at the same time, like – teams have fallen across the, the end zone line. You know, they've made, right. you know, they've, they've gotten turnovers. And, and I think that that's the thing there is like the offense is not putting them in bad positions either, which is kind of what we've seen over the last couple of years when the defense has played really well and the offense hasn't done anything to help them. The offense hasn't put them in those positions. Of course, opponent dependent, like everything's a whole new animal this week uh, with Ohio state. But at the same time, that's a confident group right there from, from top to bottom. That is a confident group. And that's exactly what you need going into an atmosphere like this. Uh, so let's bounce over to the offense. We'll come back to the defense in just a little bit. But um, overall, the team got out healthy, which I think for Penn State is the number one thing heading into the showdown with Ohio State. But 
one of the things that we saw was, and, and I, I found this interesting, one of the comments here in, in the chat to start the show was from W, W, I should say. Another game, another conservative offensive showing. Have to accept this is just what we are. All trust has to be in Yersic and Aller to make these types of this type of offense succeed. There were a lot of deep shots in that game. Like that's just because you don't hit them doesn't mean they weren't there. So Fitz, uh, what what did you think of the deep passing game? Seeing it, I think a little more on display than we've seen all year, especially since that first game. You know, what were your assessments of Drew Aller and his receivers in the rain? I mean. You take a conservative 63 points every day. I mean, I, and I know two, there were two punt returns and everything, but um, no, it's just, it, it, it's so funny because the perfection is obviously the the expectation here. Um, with the deep shots, um, I thought the first one was a nice little wave up to the box to Corey. Um, well, actually, the first play of the game, they didn't take a deep shot. Um, but other than that, I mean, yeah, they worked it in a little bit more. It's, it's hard to quantify how much Trey Wallace like changed like actually changed but you can see it in the scheme in terms of how much it opens up for them like and how much more they want to do with a guy like trey wallace out there as opposed to a cephas or, or something like that because i think yeah. he just knows it a little bit more and you know not the best start for him with the fumble but like nice to get his feet wet nice to get him back in there everything was wet on saturday of course um yeah. but uh yeah i think that i think that it's tough to quantify it but you could you know, you know it when you see it. That that old adage, like you see a different passing game there. Now, more is going to be on Drew. More is going to be on Drew's timing. Um, whether he's ready to get rid of the ball at that point or not, I think pass protection has been fine. But again, you're going to face another defensive line this week that's as good as you've seen, probably better than what you've seen. So that's going to change some things with the protections. Going to change some things with, you know, what you're able to do with the uh, with the tight ends. Do you have them chip um, after the the performance last year um, from JTT? Do you have him help out Caden Wallet? You know, there there are many things that you can take into account here that's going to change the way that Penn State approaches this. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, like you're going to have opportunities to get deep. I think like Ohio State has played this year a very distinct brand of don't let anybody behind you. You don't want to call it them, but not break, but don't let anybody behind you defense. Yeah. Um, so like you're gonna have to pick your spots and you're gonna have to hit your spots in a game like this. Um, I, I don't have a strong opinion on if they were misses or drops in the, in the rain. Um, I think you can a little bit of both. I thought it was really interesting watching that game, but one of the things that we've talked about all year is Penn state, not taking these explosive plays and, and you set it up perfectly fits. I don't think they're going to have the same opportunities next week. UMass played a lot, and we'll get into this. We'll show you exactly what I'm talking about during T. Frank's film room later today at BlueWayIllustrated.com. This is exactly what we've been talking about all year. Is you've, they've seen a lot of these soft coverage shells, and they did not see that against UMass. They gave them more opportunities, so they took those opportunities. But Ohio State plays that type of defense where they want to keep a lid on everything. Um, Ryan, what were your thoughts on the offense outside of the passing game, what you saw, and, and how do you feel about efficiency and how they were able to perform uh, last weekend and, and kind of spinning that forward too. Patron Allen, he's the one that's really kind of standing out to me right now. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's interesting because I think a lot of people thought this this was going to be kind of Singleton's year to, to take things over. And, and in a lot of ways, Catron's the one that, that's kind of standing out the most, playing a little more consistent at the moment. Um, I, I know I think Singleton had more yards rushing in the game, but uh, but Singleton, or I feel like Allen's just kind of running better at the moment. So uh, very curious to see how they do against Ohio State this weekend. I mean, that's in, in a lot of ways. I, I feel comfortable, Aller. I feel comfortable, Keandre Lambert-Smith, that situation. 
And obviously they need another receiver to, to step up and make some plays, but the running game is what's really going to have my attention this week. If they can, if they can break, not even break a lot of runs, but just maybe be consistent, you know, five, six, seven yards here and there and, and, and really kind of make, make Ohio state respect the run. I think they can get the win, but like, to me, that's going to be the story of this game. Um, Cause as we've seen many times before, like, the bigger teams usually are able to shut Penn State down. And then on the opposite end, of course, are able to run on Penn State. Michigan's certainly done that in recent years. So, um, you know, I know it's it's early in the week and we're going to talk about this a ton, but just how Penn State on both sides of the ball are able to play the run in this game, that's uh, that's going to be massive, which I know had nothing to do with what you'd asked me there, T. Frank. But uh, Katron Allen. Was exactly, no, that was exactly what I wanted. Katron <laughs> Allen, the running game, I think that it's a the efficiency, I think you nailed that, of – they have to continue that next week against one of the best defensive lines they're going to see this year. Fitz, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Penn State uh, made it kind of hard to judge anything about UMass because they were so thoroughly dominant up front. Uh, it's it's hard to like, you know, I was trying to break things down and, and do something with the film room on, on Saturday, and it's like, what do you take away from Devon Ellis just beating his dude four or five times in a game and then the play is over? So what what did you take away from the performance on the defensive side of the ball, aside from Daquan Hardy, who we talked about? Well, if you want to get into the weeds here, back in Tecmo's Super Bowl, when you pick the same play as the opponent, <laughs> everybody would blitz and that player could not get the throw off. That's what Saturday was. Like it was yeah. just like overwhelming. So you you really can't take too much out of it, but like yeah. you're taking out of it, those guys are smelling blood and going for it. Now they're going to have to respect the run game a little bit more this week. Um, you know, maybe you get some, some points and, and something happens, but um, yeah, you're going to have to to deal with that. I think Ryan made a great point um, advertently or not, but like the running game is going to be something that we've kind of forgotten about because uh, Penn State's defense has been just so overwhelmingly dominant. And some, some people were saying on the board, like when the other team gets a first down, it's now a letdown. Like yeah. that's how good this defense has been. And that's, it's true. You know, it's, it's true, but Ohio state is going to get first down. So Ohio state is going to be able to run the ball at times. And they, they're, I mean, not clicking on all cylinders right now in terms of that running game, but at the same time, like that's a high D that's a top five team on the other side with top five athletes. So um, I think you're going to see more yards this week. You're going to see, and, and you're just gonna have to deal with it as a Penn state fan. You're gonna have to come off of that, that high of where they've been for the past three you or do four it, weeks, everybody. They just <laughs> destroy everyone. And then realize there's a competent opponent across that line. So yeah. I think that that's uh, that's something to keep an eye on. But I, I tell you what, this defensive line can change this game. Like this is as well as Penn State has matched up against Ohio State up front for a long, long time. Um, and with the first time quarterback in there against an offensive line that has been shaky, the Ohio State offensive line has been shaky. Yeah. You have the opportunity to change that game with your front four. And we're going to get into that right now ryan thank you for uh coming on the show giving us your time go get uh the people all the good stuff at bluewhiteillustrate.com <laughs> about the class of 2025 because we've got to get to what people are talking about and what people are talking about is the thing i politely asked them to talk about earlier that's true or false true or false that is true or false yes uh so i've got to comb through this uh, fits quickly to find uh, a couple of our, our good ones right. that I saw I'll earlier. Fill, I'll filibuster. That's fine. Cause we were you. talking about, um, you know, how Penn state is approaching this game and the advantages that they have. And you look at the way that Ohio state has come in. I mean, just over the last decade, like to be honest with you, when I say that a front four has the ability to dictate the game, you think that it's going to be Ohio state against Penn state's offensive line. Yep. Ohio state's offensive line. I'm not going to make a threat about how bad they are, but they're not, they're not great. 
So compared uh, to what they've been, especially like yeah, a lot of well, times you, you like they had three guys to... go to the NFL. Yeah, yeah. They had three guys go to the NFL. Paris Johnson's not there. They had to go get Josh Simmons out of the portal who, you know, is targetable. If you're a defensive yeah. lineman, especially the way that Penn state's played, I think Chop Robinson on that right side is going to have an opportunity to get after it. Um, with me, it's like, don't get too far upfield. Like that's where I'm at with this, this pass yeah. rush is, is yeah. not, can they get there, but don't get too far upfield. make that quarter, make that young quarterback panic. And you've got an opportunity to benefit on the back end there. So I think there's a lot of different things. And somebody actually mentioned it in the chat. And I was, I was thinking of this earlier, Ohio state's kind of banged up right now. And th- I think they'll get some of the guys back like, uh, Emeka mm-hmm. a missed last week against Purdue. Um, not sure if he'll play, but it seemed like just from judging the internet, like it wasn't a thing that was going to keep him out long. So maybe you you bring him back for Penn State. Yeah. Um. So I think that Ohio State's dealing with with some of the stuff that Penn State has been dealing with going into this particular matchup um, over the last decade. So Chris, did I give Griff, you enough time? Yeah, perfect, perfect amount of time. True or false? Penn State can score thirty on Ohio State. That's where we're starting here, Fitz. Yeah, I think they can. Um, at the horseshoe is tough. Like, I mean, I think it, I think the, the logical guess would be under, you know, 29, if you're going to go 29 and a half or whatever, I think the logical guess would be under, they can, um, you're just going to have to hit a couple extra plays here and there. Um, whether that's a punt return, um, like we saw last week, Daquan Hardy, to me, the, the matchups that are going to like make or break Penn state are on the perimeter. Like can Keandre Lambert Smith and Trey Wallace be those dudes that they think they're capable of, that they haven't shown overwhelmingly so far. So I think that that's, that's really where you're looking at with, um, uh, with these matchups and how you can get to 30. Um, I think Penn State's going to do some things closer to the line of scrimmage. Like Drew, Drew Aller's not going to, I don't think he's going to throw the ball down the field all that much. You're on the road. You're conservative naturally on the road if you're James Franklin. So really curious to see how that goes. They can score 30. I don't, I don't know that they get there though. The, the matchup of efficient offense, and this is where Ryan, where Ryan really, I think, set us up perfectly for this conversation, is can you be efficient in the run game? Because I do trust that the passing game, Drew Aller is going to make the right decisions. He's not going to be risk it for the biscuit, throwing it down the field into a three-safety system. But if you can be efficient, you can drive and score. They've shown that they can do that. This will be their toughest test. But Iowa was a good team, and they were able to do that against them on the defensive side. We have a I, I I hope we have a future sponsor on the show. Culpmont Winery asks, true or false, Penn State D-line is the main factor if PSU wins on Saturday. What do you think? True a thousand times. Like, I think that that is the one group on the field that can dictate how this is going to go. Uh, Ohio State's offensive line, you know, has some athletes on it, but at the same time, they haven't been up to par for what you expect for an Ohio State team. So, you have that opportunity to change the game from that aspect. Defensive tackles, like we're going to we're going to circle back around to the things that we said coming into the season were concerns. Like mm-hmm. I just talked about the wide receivers and going up and making that extra play a minute ago. These defensive tackles have played well, but they haven't exactly been faced with the murderer's row of, of running games. Not that Ohio State has one of the top running games in the country, but they have the potential. You know, they, they've always got good backs back there. So. A lot is going to be on these defensive tackles. We found ourselves in a nice little uh, lull of feeling good about how that def- that whole defensive line is and how those yeah. defensive tackles have played. But it's it's another animal this weekend um, with yeah. Ohio State. So we're going to see how those those guys handle it. Um, DNs very confident in those de- those defensive ends, and they can they can get sacks. And more importantly, they can get hits. Like 
Yeah. Take the sats, sacks out the window. Like if you can get to a first time start and McCord is improving, um, he's not the guy that we've seen. He's not CJ Stroud. He's not the guys that we've seen at quarterback for Ohio state. And maybe he gets there one day. He's a very talented kid. Um, but this is your shot. This is your window to get to him. This is your window to put some hits on him and really decide if that's, uh, you know, if those can turn into turnovers. So yes, absolutely. If Penn state wins on Saturday, Penn state's defensive line is the main factor for that. The real zeal asks true or false. The Ohio state game comes down to which QB makes the least amount of mistakes. Both of these guys, first time starters, both these guys kind of looking like first time starters in their first six to seven games. So Fitz, what do you think? True or false here? Yeah, that's why I, I, that's why I said a little bit ago, I thought Penn State would keep things closer to the line of scrimmage, um, whether that's in this, the receiver screen game, whether that's working, you know, Tyler Warren in the screen game, you know, those, yeah. those little things that are closer to the line of scrimmage, safer balls. Um, you don't want to throw across the field, you know, one of those 12 yard outs that we talk about. You don't want to throw one of those across the field and have it come back the other way. Um, so yeah, I think they keep it close to the line of scrimmage. It's been, you know, another position that Ohio State has had issues with is linebacker. And there are matchups there that can favor Penn State, uh, whether that's Theo Johnson breaking out of his shell, Tyler Warren, I mentioned him, or one of those backs out of the backfield. You're going to have opportunities to throw the ball to your secondary targets um, other than your wide receivers. This is an interesting one. W is back. He says, true or false, Franklin and Yersid script the first offensive drive well, and they don't start out slow. They score a touchdown on their opening drive. This feels like a prop bet fits uh, over under uh, on this one, and true or false? I'm going to go with false. Um, yeah. Two reasons here, because uh, false is the safe decision, because if they score in their first one, nobody's going to come back around and say, hey, you got that wrong, because everybody's going to be celebrating a touchdown. Uh, <laughs> number two, yeah, they just have not gotten out of the gate very well. Four games without a touchdown on their first drive, um, and it's it, it needs to be a situation. I, you know, I, that's why I like when Penn State kicks, you know, uh, defer is able to defer and kick. They've lost the last uh, two coin flips after starting 4-0, I believe. Um, and have gotten the ball first. I don't think that's an, an advantage for Penn State. Um, you put that defense out there first and get yourself some field position, and that that can lead to points. But I'm going to go with false on this one. I don't think Penn State has shown that they can, you know, start from the jump with a with a touchdown. And until otherwise proven wrong, um, then you know we're going to go with false. I uh, hit the transition here a little bit early. I apologize. Uh, true or false? Aller throws his first pick this week. What do you think? Hopefully it's not on the first drive as we hit that transition very quickly. Um, I, I'll say yes. You know, I'm, you kind of been waiting for it and you got to see if the, I'm uh, oh, sorry, I'll say true. My, my bad. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Did, I, did I hit the wrong one? If, um, I, I, we haven't seen how he bounces back from that first off. And that's going to be paramount in, in a young quarterback's development is how you use the short-term memory, how you get away from that. And uh, this is a team that because of the athletes that they have on defense, and I know that they're still they're still coming back around and they've got some injuries over there, um, you are like your windows are gonna close faster because they have better athletes back there. So I'm gonna go with yes. And again, like if I'm wrong on this one, everybody's happy. <laughs> uh yeah, that's that's a great point. It never happens, so we just kind of forget about it. Um get your true or false questions here into the chat. Uh we will uh, take them throughout the show. I'm going to ask you one here. This is one that I had coming in, and I think that this is getting to, maybe we've talked about this a little bit, but we haven't really directly addressed this. True or false, Penn State enters the game against Ohio State with the better quarterback for the first time in a long time. 
I'll say true. Uh, yeah, I think I think he's more talented in terms of making the throws. But I tell you what, uh, Kyle McCord in that last drive against Notre Dame, like yeah. like that has been the one gut check drive between these two quarterbacks this season. Like in you know Ohio State's schedule, um, a little bit tougher, especially with that Notre Dame game. But like they haven't been you know asked to do a ton. So Kyle McCord has done that that in the clutch. The throw that he made to set them up for the touchdown was pretty unbelievable and and he then shows what he's capable of i mean you know, yeah i've been watching kyle since he was a freshman at st joe's prep like he's always had the talent he's always had the ability um i think drew you know naturally has a little bit more of it like the natural ability but at the same time i mean they're they're i think they're both at their best really good quarterbacks and at the college game so we're gonna see what happens i mean i think it's too too soon to make a complete determination on either one i think drew needs to tighten some things up like we yeah. you know he's he's got six starts under his belt so he's still young absolutely but like you want to see him making those throws you want to see him hitting those shots downfield or at least getting a little bit closer with some of those shots downfield missing well at times um and, and getting kind of getting back to you know just that rhythm that he was in for the west virginia game i think and i say it every week because it it, it, it is always there but the crossers like the crossers yeah. are something that you need to sort of exploit that middle of the defense for for Ohio State especially with those linebackers that have been sort of up and down um you know they've got a, they've got different sets of linebackers they've linebackers that they think can play the run linebackers that can play more of a Sam or Cody Simon if you remember that name uh, is going to be out there um playing that Sam Nicholish role mm-hmm. um so you've got uh, you've got different styles and different speeds in defense but I think that that's there for Penn State if they want to m- make that something that happens and and again Going back to the question earlier, who makes the the least amount of mistakes? There are going to be mistakes. How do those guys bounce back for them? I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna answer this question. By the way, get your true or false statements into the chat. We're taking those right now as we go through uh, our first of many previews this week of Penn State and Ohio State. Jim Himes. I wanted to get it on here because I wasn't sure if it's Himes or Himes. Jim Himes asks, true or false? We'll see more formations with Katron and Nick on the field together. I'm glad he put that more in there because factually we have seen on the seen them on the field together quite a bit this year compared to previous seasons. So more stressing the defense with two running backs next week, true or false? Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, what's the, what's the, the level here? Well, how many you're, you're a snap guy. How many, how many guy how many snaps have they been playing what? together? Do you think besides the T uh, formation five, I would say five snaps, maybe uh, three to five a game. So let's say that it's between seven and 10 in this game. Okay. Yeah, let's go with true. Why not? Um, I, I think it gives you the opportunity to sort of exploit those linebackers a little bit more, make them think. And I think what has helped as well is that both these guys have improved in pass protection. So you can move those guys around. You can, yeah. like, it, it sounds like kind of dumb when you say it like this but you can move Katron Allen to the slot and leave Nick Singleton in the backfield and, and Nick Singleton can pick up a blitz he can block um so I think that that is something that can keep them guessing that is something that they have to be prepared for is how you move these guys around because Katron as good as he's been as a just ground and pound guy that that moves the sticks and everything like that I think he's a He's a dangerous player as well, yeah. and he can catch the ball as well. So he was better than than Nick catching the ball over the last year. Now Nick has improved, certainly. Yes. Um, but make your weapons available. And somebody said it in the chat earlier, if Nick runs like he ran in the second half, you know, you've got 
some sort of promise there. He's not been the same guy, obviously, um, in his sophomore season, but there's some sort of promise there. And, you know, if you're a Penn State fan, you hope that that's going to burst out at some point. His play, especially on that final drive, I think was the best he's played this season, given that he didn't have an opportunity for an explosive play. I still would love to see him break some more tackles, but it is a situation where in, in certain situations you don't. You don't have the opportunity to, to create those big plays, so maximize the yardage. And I felt like he got back to a little bit better of a balance there at the end of the game. And I thought he played overall very well against uh, against UMass. Again, it was UMass, and he was running into the back of his his blockers. Like they were getting four yards before he had to d- make a decision on a lot of these situations. Right. Um, and 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 the other thing with that is, I, I think you're going to see a lot of twelve personnel. Like I think you're going to yeah. see a lot of Warren and Theo on the on the field at the same time. So you take off a third receiver and then you got to figure out, you know, if you change that, how do you get to the two back formation? Like who comes off the field? Where do you where do you make that extra sacrifice? And that's that's obviously what keeps the snaps down. Like that's that's why it's not a base offense, I guess. I love this question. I, I, I think that this is a this is a good one. Eli throws it in the chat. True or false. The bow package comes out and it makes a difference in the game against Ohio State. There are so many bow questions here. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, the, Nate made a good point on the on the uh, on the message board this week, where if you bring out bow and it causes them to use a timeout, that is a win. Like that is a a very good thing for Penn State. Um, I I just I have a tough time seeing it. Like it's unless your running game just can't get anything going, um, I have a tough time seeing it now preparing for it because it's yeah. there and it's real like it's prevalent um so i think that that that's already a win in itself for penn state you're using ohio state practice time to prepare for a backup quarterback so that's good um but i i just have a tough time seeing them bucking the trend and going to that when the game is in doubt i will uh the only time that i'm going to come in and give my opinion here is i'm going to say true Ooh. i'm going to say true because james franklin said we during the iowa game in the post game we had Bo, he was going to come in on a third down, and I I killed it. I nixed that. So, like, it, whether or not that is, like, it, I don't know if he's, you he know, like I've said, James Franklin never lies. So we I don't want to say, he like, loosens up on the road, too. So that's fine. Yes. <laughs> so these situations, like, if they need a spark in the run game and they are pulling out all the stops and they absolutely want to get an explosive run, the math changes and Bo is a good decision maker with the football in his hands with the give and, and the, you know, the, the read option. So if they want to pull something out, we haven't seen before. And this is, you know, I, everyone hates the two quarterback chicanery, but if it works, it's great. And I, I can, I've, I've been daydreaming about this since July. So I'm just going to say the one I'm going to put in here is I'm going to say true because I think that it does. If you, if you get into, if you're backed into a corner and you want to have, a guy that gives you those run options, I think it does give you um, it does give you that that ability to put him on the field and and throw in a, maybe not the ultimate curveball because it's like hey I'm gonna throw the curveball I'm gonna th-, and then finally you actually do it I, I could see that happening but you're right okay. on the road James Franklin conservative it, it, that one could go either way true Speaking or false up, chicanery great word true <laughs> very good true. use of that. Uh, this I think this might be the last one we take. Rick Zelenka says true or false over under 48 and a half points. He says take the under true or false. I think true. I, I could see this being a 24 21 game like it's um, you know, it doesn't seem like a lot of points for two offenses that, you know, have scored points this year. So I could 
also be completely wrong on that, but I could see a scenario playing out where these defenses are good enough to get where they need to be to to get all those points up. Yeah, it's uh, two a good defense, like a really sound defense with a really good defensive line in uh, Ohio State and a really good defense that's just overall really good with Penn State. And these two teams have been on this collision course all season long, and they got there undefeated and for the most part healthy. Uh, Mekabuka and J.B. Nelson are, the I think, the biggest names that you want to talk about. Travion, Travion Henderson also for Ohio State. Uh, so injuries, part of the conversation going in, but uh, we'll get into all of that as we go throughout the week. I won't expect James Franklin to say anything about it tomorrow, but of course, we'll find out when we get our look at practice, et cetera, et cetera. Fitz will have his conversation over at bluewhiteillustrated.com on Wednesday, setting up all this great stuff. Uh, Fitz, thank you for all your time today. Any last thoughts as we get out of here? No, man. Ohio State week, big week. Uh, check out bluewhiteillustrated.com. Check out our, our special um, that we're running this week for the big game. People are excited, and we want you to be there with us, so check out bluewhiteillustrated.com for the latest all week long. We will be back on Wednesday with the KSN Show, but of course, James Franklin coming up tomorrow. His full comments, don't miss them. Moments after they air on uh, the Blue White Illustrated YouTube channel for his weekly press conference. We will talk to you later. 